online at tech.instacart.com, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please write us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. It goes a long way to help other people discover our podcast, so thanks. Yeah, so I moved here. Uh, my last move was from Minneapolis, where I'm from originally. Okay. Um, but I've lived in many places. I lived in New York for many years, uh, working at Meetup mm-hmm. uh, and Whole Foods, actually. Um, uh, I lived in Iowa City during college in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in Dublin for for Dublin uh, here or Dublin Dublin Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, oh, I nice. studied abroad there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a writing program there. Um, so you didn't study as a CS major or anything, right? You just like did like a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, I did writing, English, and film production. Nice. Yeah, so no no CS degree. Cool. Um, and like how, how did you so how did you end up with the uh, programming geek in the first place? Yeah. So I've been programming for a long time. I, I the first time I programmed that I remember is on my TI eighty three. You can write, I think it's basic on there. It's yeah, a form yeah. of basic, at yeah. least. And, uh... Well, I, was it assembly? I don't you remember. Think it, I think it was assembly. Well, we might be right. Either way, yeah. it was some crazy-to-understand language that was all caps. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I realized that you can make games doing this, and I always wanted to make video games. I'm, like, very much a gamer, as many coders are. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I started editing the games because I found out you could do that. You could you could plug your TI-83 into the computer and you can get the binary out of there and you can change it. So I changed some games to put my friends in the games. And I thought this was amazing. Uh, so that was the beginning of that. I just basically wanted to make video games. I started making uh, Quake mods, Quake skins with my friend uh, Pat. I explored uh, that a little bit too. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Made quick maps. Uh, remember BSP stuff? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. Um, so most of my coding uh, interest and ability was gaming first. Mm-hmm. I've been a game developer for a long time and a, and a web developer for a much shorter period of time actually. So so you actually worked for like the game studios, right? So it's like yeah. It's well, sort of. I started game. my own game company with okay. few of my friends. Um, Pat, who, who I've known since, since yeah. middle school, I was the other engineer. And then we had a designer, with my friend Jamie. Then we had a um, sort of like uh, all-around type person, uh, yeah. my friend Carl, who would like do the music and the writing and anything that else that needed like to be Like a story done. to the games. And the yeah, story. yeah. So we yeah. made three games for, for iPhone, which uh, didn't make any money, and, and but were super fun, and that's... As far as the majority of my... Uh, Are they still available in the... No, because you have to update them. Uh, oh, for the new... On. Yeah, 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 right. And no one really had... I didn't want to... No one was wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> um, I see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think, like, the gaming is actually a big gateway for, like, a lot of people to start coding. Yeah. It's, like, it's very popular because, like, yeah, that that's where you really understand, okay, everything I'm doing is can be... Yeah. Can bring this result to this, like, uh, 
gaming world, like the, whatever game you play. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. Turns out may actually be uh, both a gateway and a restriction because they're trying to find out like why fewer and fewer women are are in tech. Mm -hmm. And I know there's like one of the big hypotheses right now is that video games in like the '80s and '90s being gendered for for men is why. And marketed really get, for men, frankly yeah, speaking. Yeah, it started being marketed for men. So the the biggest influx of programmers is video games. And they're all marketed for little boys at the time, at least. Uh, and that could explain a huge part of the gap. I yeah, I didn't I didn't hear about it, but actually that makes sense. Yeah, um, it's, it's sort of sad to think about because I love video games. I love that part of my childhood, and I think back to it like yeah, I was totally aimed at me. I was like a little boy. I think it's actually getting better because, like, if you look right now, like, the whole kind of the gaming industry, it's a lot more uh, gender diverse than it used to be, like, say, 10 years ago. Yeah. So maybe that, like, that is a gateway, like, for more people working yeah. in the uh, uh, yeah. software after I so. that. I hope so, yeah. They will actually play a very good role. Yeah. That, 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 that's good insight. So, um... And uh, so you you lived in like New York and Dublin and like a uh, few other places. So how do you, how did you end up here in uh, San Francisco? Yeah, so I was in uh, Minneapolis. I was working for Best Buy at the time. I was uh, running their UI engineering team. Um, it was about as good of a job as I could possibly find in Minnesota for what I do. Mm -hmm. I was running a large uh, team at a company that. Uh, was doing well and wanted this kind of work and you know everything was as good as I was going to get and it wasn't good enough. Um, I wanted to work at a tech company, a company that was primarily first and foremost tech. Right. Uh, everything in in Minnesota that's of any size does not think of themselves as a tech company first, um, which is to their detriment. Like you know, Best Buy for a long time was being annihilated by Amazon. And, and all the other e-commerce companies. They've since done pretty well. So, for one, I wanted to get into tech, an actual tech company. I'd worked at Meetup in New York, which mm -hmm. I think is a tech company. Mm -hmm. But um, At least think of itself as a tech company. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are other reasons I don't like Minnesota. Uh, I mean, I was born and raised there. No matter where you're born and raised, like you're not going to like it that much, I think. A lot of people just want to get away. I moved back there, and I, was, and, uh, I think it was a mistake. So uh, I visited here. I actually visited Southern California first. Loved the weather. I loved the people. I loved uh, everything. Uh, and I basically looked at my wife, and I was like, why are we not living here? <laughs> um yeah, then I was like, okay, let's see, let's see what happens if I apply to some companies, you know? And the moment I dipped my toe in, there was just this, like, onslaught of people being like, yes, please work here. And I was like, oh, okay, apparently there is something, there's something here. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that began my... Was it Instacart the first company here, or, like, you, you were working, like, for a few, something before? This? So, when I was dipping my toe in, I didn't want it to be for companies that I actually wanted to work for. Yeah. Because I didn't know uh, what this was going to look like. Um, so it was actually the large companies because I, I know I didn't want to work for them. I didn't mm -hmm. want to work for Google or Facebook. Um, Why is that, by the way? They're just too big for me. Mm -hmm. uh, for part of the reason I work at Instacart over the other places I went deep into interviewing with was um, the amount of opportunity that I would have here versus uh, 
even like an Airbnb or a Slack, mm-hmm. uh, Airbnb, there are already quote unquote doms there. Yeah. Uh, I was, didn't want to do that. I wanted to be, you know, yeah, leaving front end. That was that's my thing. Um. So it's so a place like Facebook is like nobody leads you know anything unless you're yeah. like an executive or something. So. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to be a cog. Um, I wanted to work in San Francisco, which at the time you couldn't do with Facebook. So, uh, so yeah, I, I applied to those companies first. Just like, what's mm-hmm. it like? Are they even interested? What kind of coding challenges do I get? Mm-hmm. You know, how does this process work? Kind of grease the wheels, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I was like, okay, I think I can do this, then I actually started to look into where do I actually want to work, and I had. I found Instacart because I was uh, frustrated one day because uh, I had to go get groceries and I hate going to the grocery store. And I was like, there's got to be some startup that solved this problem. And I searched for it and they were like, we exist. And I was like, this looks perfect. They're Y Combinator company too. I didn't know this yeah. existed. Uh, I typed in my zip code and they were like, nope, we're not in Minneapolis. Uh, and I was like, wow, that sucks. So I had no solution. Uh, and then, you know, many months later when I was looking for jobs, I was like, what about that one startup that does crush right here? <laughs> That's a good gateway. Yeah. yeah. So solving a problem I had, which is important to me. I don't want to work anywhere where I'm solving a problem I don't have. That, yeah, that, that, that's very good when the, the, like the business problem is your problem too. So you have, you have like the real understand, like you have first-hand understanding of the problem. So what, what, what do you generally do here right now, like in, in Instacart? At Instacart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to describe, honestly. Uh, it changes about every six months, I feel like my job is totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, maybe what you were doing before then, and like yeah. where, where are you heading right now, at least you, maybe you hope you headed towards? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm... Uh, I'm on the platform team. Okay. Um, so we work on sort of architectural level work. Uh, anything that will affect... Our customer are the other engineers at Instacart, basically. Um, we're trying to improve stability, improve cust- uh, developer happiness, uh, developer productivity. Generally, developer happiness productivity are tied together, luckily, mm-hmm. so that works out well. Um, and I tend to focus on front-end. Uh, but I also do some API work. Um, in the future, I'll probably be doing more and more of that, but I think as our company grows, it, it won't be just me working on front-end platform. I think there'll be more people working on front-end platform, which turns me more into an organizer uh, than a coder. Like, I code less and less. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like that, or you still can miss the, the fact that like you can... Go and get your hands dirty, like yeah, thousands lines of code. I do, I do like it. I, I tend to, uh, I'm mag- I'm, I'm pulled to it. Every time I've had a job, I end up, I pull myself toward like this type of role. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I think I made mistakes before is I don't know if I enjoy the people management aspects. Uh, other than I love watching people grow and get better. Yeah. That part I love. Uh, everything else about it I'm not yeah. super interested in. 
It's uh, like some some people say it's just like it's easy to start hiring people. It's much harder to fire somebody. It's yeah, like it's, it's 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 very it's nice and like very pleasant experience when people grow. Yeah, and like getting better. But like if they not, that that's a completely different beast. And yeah. <clears throat> so, um, what like what? What are the things, what technologies are you really excited right now? Like, I know that you're a big React fan, mm-hmm. and you probably get your hands dirty with React Native too. So, mm-hmm. what what's on your radar right now? What would what, what you enjoy maybe working on? Are you really just like looking at, like, oh, okay, we should, we're using it here? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think most of our front end tooling is pretty good. There are a few things out there that are cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it would like boost us forward crazy amounts. Once we got to React and ES6 mm-hmm. uh, with Redux, that's that's pretty close to as good as it gets right now. Okay. Um, increasingly, I find myself more and more interested in uh, the augmented reality world, um, which also includes React. There's React, yeah. React VR, right? Um, did you try to do like any applications with that, like for yourself, or like at least like run examples that? Yeah, might... I, yeah, I have a bunch of side projects that are all AR projects. Um, I have one where it's like it, it it tries to figure out if what you're looking at is a cat's face and it has a hat to it. They're all like very small and stupid, um, but it's more because small and stupid projects are great because the pressure isn't there. You can just have fun and learn. Yeah. Um, they don't need to be perfect because you know you're never gonna like release this thing. It's just for you. It's just like test example yeah. for, for to to learn how the thing works. Yeah. So so I have this theory, which is funny because I, I work in front end. I love front end. I love JavaScript. Um, but I'm pretty sure that the desktop browser uh, it's a thing. Has, has peaked. Right. It's definitely going away. And Instacart is certainly going away. As percentage of orders, it's going down. And has been going down since I don't know how long, since I've been working at the very least. Okay. Um, so I like to think of myself more as a UI engineer than a, than a web front-end engineer. And UI, in the, like you think, really headed towards the AR I think so, experience. yeah. Um, what about VR? I mean, in a lot of ways, they're the same thing. Like, okay. if you're good at one, you're probably going to be pretty good at the other. I think... Obviously, there will be some learnings between the two. I don't think I want to enter an entire other universe in order to grocery shop, though. So that's where I think AR is more um, utilitarian. VR is more entertainment. Okay. Um, so I'll probably work on VR stuff, too, just because I love video games. Uh, but I think that would be more for fun. And then the AR would be more for how can I make the world better, a better place. It's probably going to be done in AR. Um, so I'm much more interested in that space right now than, than anything else. Do you have like any like crazy ideas? Or maybe not that crazy that you think like we'll be all like AR will allow us to do that, which is not totally not possible right now, but I'll be like we will make an orders in the restaurant like having like AR mm-hmm. uh, something. That's yeah. it. And just I honestly don't. That yeah. that's what's weird about to me, um, it's really hard to. There's, I think there's going to be this combination of of all the big uh, things happening in tech right now, which mm-hmm. in my mind are AI or machine learning. 
and and AR, which is sort of a form of machine learning. In order to do AR, you need to do machine learning on just the, very fast. Yeah, like right. Almost real time. But if you think of other types of machine learning, a really simple example is uh, if you're a shopper in the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, one we could like show your path around the store, which we've seen people doing videos of this kind of stuff already. You hold up a piece of food, and we could show you like what that food is. Is that the one they wanted? Uh, is it close to the one they wanted? You could look at the shelf, and it could be like a lot of stock. This is all like machine learning stuff happening in real time, but also uh, calling machine learning APIs to offer, uh, let's say, replacement options. If they go to the the spot on the shelf and it's all gone, they're like, oh. That sucks, but you know, here's three more items that you could pick instead. Mm -hmm. um, every time I'm thinking about the AR, I can, like I'm thinking about the, all the context information which you might want to have, but you almost never actually have, and you you need like yeah. an efforts to do. Like for instance, like you're looking at a piece of meat, and like oh, uh, like I know that like I'm going to do like this recipe, but like what like other options yeah. which are good with this, and like if I'm going to do something else, can I just like have like some AR to help me oh like I, I need I can choose this recipe and like this is the other thing that I might uh, grab as well and like that that's that's what I for instance have at home and okay like that's that's like I'm like two items like away from this recipe so like I, I just need to look look around the corner for like their extra yeah, pieces right? right and like stuff like that which basically kind of you're like your second brain but it, it's actually like accessible yeah it's not like for the person who like who needs to, oh, I have all this, like, cool tools on my iPhone and I'm yeah. my machine that, like, will help me to do this. No, it just kind of gets in your face. This, right. Uh, right. Uh, I think, like, that's um, where, like, I would, pref like, personally love yeah. to be. That second brain idea, is, I think, is, is, is definitely hits on it. It's like uh, Steve Jobs' whole bicycle for the mind thing. Have you, I'm sure you I, I actually never heard about it, but that, that's... Um, um, I, is, it, is it the book? No, no, no. He has this whole uh, thing about computers are... Mm -hmm. So humans, his whole thing is yeah. humans are uh, one of the most inefficient uh, uh, like creature, creatures like, yeah. as far as when it comes to like running. Okay. As, like how fast we go versus how much energy we spend, etc. But when you give uh, a human a bicycle, they become by far the most efficient uh animal in, in the world for how fast they can go, how much energy they use, right? So he thinks of computers are like that, but for the mind. So that, computer, yeah, computers I, are I, a bicycle for the mind, right? Yeah, I never heard about this, but I knew about the bicycle yeah. making you like so much more efficient. Yeah. That's actually a good point. So yeah. to me, AR is another, just, it's like, we've been turning that bicycle into like a car mm -hmm. and someday hopefully into like a rocket ship mm -hmm. for just the human mind. I think AR is definitely the next step there, especially if you mix it with increasingly good AI. Like if you can imagine an AI that can see what you see, can show you things, and you can somehow sort of quote-unquote talk to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you actually talk to it out loud. I think that's really laughable that we're so stuck on that right now. But um, I'll be talking on the headphones right now like with, with a hands-free which yeah. is like a nice hell of people around it's yeah right you're at the grocery store yeah. and everyone's saying something to their yeah, I don't think so <laughs> uh, I think there, there are there are spots yeah. where it's useful yeah. at home and stuff but 
Yeah, I think the, I, I totally agree. Like in a public place, it's probably would be ridiculous. It's, yeah. Um. So, how how do you find like interesting things for you, like news and uh, like new projects and uh, like what's your like what what's your discovery process like and like what, what what's the role you like process for like discovering new knowledge? Mm-hmm. A big part of it for me is Twitter. Mm-hmm. I. I'm very ruthless about who I follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I try a couple new people every week or every month or something. Mm-hmm. And if they're not up to snuff, I just remove them. Okay. Uh, which is nice because it's not it's not Facebook where you feel bad on Facebook like oh they're my friend I have to I have to stay <laughs> friends with them. Twitter it's like nah you're not giving me the content I want I'm just gonna unfollow. Okay. Uh, so that's how I treat Twitter. To me it's like. Are you giving me new insights or new new access to things I hadn't thought about or people I don't know about? Um, the great thing about Twitter is there's all these people who are willing to just give away their thoughts and advice and book recommendations and everything else for free. They just, I don't know, they just do it. Um, yeah. So to me, Twitter's definitely my number one. I think number two would be the people I work with, which is an important part of why I work at a place like Instacart. Um, Every single day, I think I get some form of new information about like, new technologies or new books or uh, even just new programming patterns just from being here and being on Slack or doing pull requests or just talking to people in the hallway mm-hmm. uh, is huge. Um, yeah, those are my two. So, do, do, like, do you keep notes? Do you like do something for organize your existing knowledge or something like mm-hmm. Evernote or like what? what yeah, not? I use Pocket for mm-hmm. um, reading articles. Um, I use uh, my Amazon list in order to books I want. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I use the. Uh, Uh, Kindle uh, note-taking stuff like crazy if I'm reading a book an e-book I don't always like those but um, I use the to-do app on on, uh, Mac and iOS and I sync them Mm -hmm. uh, which is great for work but it's also great for personal things if I'm hanging out like for example I just got back from vacation yeah uh, meeting up some friends I only see once a year Uh, he's a game writer actually and uh, he's has intense knowledge on like good sci-fi books mm-hmm. which are very hard to find in my mind because most sci-fi writers are just terrible and I don't want to read all these books to find the good ones right so and he he knows them all so he's telling me them all like you know like one after the other after yeah. the other and I'm like oh my god I need to write these all down but I just pull out my phone it's right there it's going to sync with my laptop it's going to sync to the cloud if I ever lose my phone or something mm-hmm. so I put a lot of stuff in there um but honestly, past that, I, I have a, a pretty strict rule on if, unless it's a list of stuff uh, to buy or to look at or to read or whatever, um, I try not to keep very long lists. If a list goes beyond six items and it's like work-related, for example, mm-hmm. um, then you probably should remove stuff from that list. The reason being is, if you didn't get it done, then it wasn't important enough anyway, so get rid of it. You should have, like, three things you're working on. And if you have a backlog, 
maybe it can be longer than six items, but it still shouldn't be too much longer than six items. So, so do you mostly move stuff to the backlog or like... Uh, like I mostly delete things. Oh, you just yeah. delete them, okay. Um, generally, like, a lot of the stuff that goes onto a backlog, like mine, is asks from other people. Okay. And uh, I have this kind of rule where, like, I'll put it on the backlog, and if I don't hear about it ever again, then I never do it, because it clearly wasn't that important. If I get asked to do it, like, two or three times, then it's like, okay, this is clearly something people want. Um, there's The reason being is there's always way more to do than you can possibly do in your life in general. So saying no is really important. And one way to say no is to don't put it on the list or delete it from the list. That's one way of saying no. Because even having it on the list is, is a form of mental load. Yeah. Every time you open that list, you go, oh my god, there's a hundred items on here. It's like, yeah, but how many of those really matter? They've been on there for a year. Apparently it doesn't matter because you haven't done it. So yeah. just take it off. It's very freeing. Do, do you have like a schedule that I'm going through my lists and just like clean it up like every Friday? Or yeah. is it just like... It's a weekly cadence for me. Mm -hmm. um, just because I feel like everything is so weekly because of the weekend. Everything feels very weekly. So I try to keep it... Uh, that's, that's the basis of yours like yeah. schedule I guess for many people it is even if people don't realize it's still weekly it's a big it's reason like why I'm not into, into task managers like Asana like Asana is a beautiful beautiful app I'm, I think they've done a lot of cool stuff but like philosophically cats. I'm like against it I'm like now I have three things I want to work on yeah. Like, I don't need this huge, complicated machine to try and figure out, like... So, so, so you're basically just using the, the, the this, like, built-in, like, reminder, like, in the, or, like, uh, what's it called, um, for iOS and, like, for the... Uh, yeah, the to-do app, yep. Okay. Or reminders, I think it's called. Yeah, I think it's reminders. It's just, yeah. like, the simple... Just a, yeah, it's just a bunch of bullet points. <laughs> yeah. Even cool. for a platform team, we just have a quick doc. We have, we add our two or three bullet points every week, and that's it. There's and no. just using the checkboxes and the indicator. Yeah, there's nothing else. And I, I prefer that. If anything, I'd rather have it on like a napkin that we can all share because then if it gets destroyed and we don't remember what was on there, it wasn't probably that important anyway. You know? Interesting. Um, yeah, I kinda, I'm kind of weird in this way, but I, I think most people have a very hard time accepting that it's most of the stuff you have on your list probably isn't that important. And okay. You should all be working on what's actually important. So, um, is it like, um, like self-developed developed philosophy and like point where you kind of like uh, found it from somewhere who you used to work in? And I guess the question bigger is, um, like you mentioned that you, like you use like your coworkers ex ex uh, extensively to <coughs> Excuse me. To get like the new knowledge, new sources, new mm -hmm. books and stuff. But, like, can you um, can you maybe like think of anybody who like was like the big influence for you, like to like for this philosophy, like just like in your like understanding in general. For this philosophy, um, I'm sure I got some pushes from people, but I don't remember who they were. Mm -hmm. uh, I doubt that I'm the first person to have this philosophy. Yeah, there's a whole book on, like, uh, like uh, what's it called? It's like uh, the, the art of not doing, doing things that don't need to be done. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, what's it 
um, it's it's very minimalist in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember who 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 probably the first person I read who tweeted this or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I have had a lot of personal experience just working in in tech for a bunch of different companies and. Uh, everyone thinks their thing at that very moment is very important. Uh, I've had a lot of roles where I have a lot of uh, sort of connectors, I guess, or stakeholders mm -hmm. uh, asking things for me, and it's always been too many. I've never had a job where I have too few, <laughs> too few, or even yeah. just the right amount. It's always been too many, so I think it was sort of forced for me to figure this out as well. Um, and I've seen the extremes of this, especially at the more, uh, like, like Best Buy is a retail company, it's Fortune 500, it's very enterprise, you know, with a capital E. They're very into, like, this extremely dogmatic forms of agile, which to me I'm like, no. <laughs> this, is, this is work that makes you feel like you're doing work. And I hate that. I want to do work. And if somebody wants to know what work I'm doing, they can either like work with me directly or ask me or see my results. If they're not seeing my results, the, that's problematic. Um, if they don't work with me or uh, in my group or whatever, uh, they don't really need to know what I'm doing anyway, right? So yeah. I think Agile is, is a an ex prime example of like hyper over-communication in order to make it feel like we're doing work. Like people really love the feeling of clicking that checkbox next to a to-do item. They're like, oh, I just did work. It's like, mm, did you though? <laughs> Are you just yeah. trying to yeah, make yourself feel in the, good? In, in this sense, I guess, yeah, if you have like the least, like the smallest amount of checkboxes, it's just like, as you said, like, oh, just three or like right. six at most. Yeah. Like the checking, checking the, each one of them is much more meaningful than you have like a few hundred dozens right. and like most of them really doesn't matter yeah um, that, that, that's a good point so but going back to mentors so mm. like you, you like do, do, did you do you have mentors in your life mm. like yeah I've had a, I've had a few mentors um, not a ton in my work in my work life mm -hmm. um, my friend Pat was uh, probably my first huge influence and continues to be a huge influence for me in my gaming and programming life. Um, we went to middle school together where that's where we met and became friends. And the first thing, we were in some art class or something together and he, he first thing I learned about him was that he made his own uh, like weapons or something in Quake 3, the video, the video game Quake 3. Uh, and I was like, wait, who are you? How did you do that? Let's hang out. <laughs> and then from then on, I was like, yeah. you know, we made video games and, like, pirated tons of software. You can delete that part out. And, uh, yeah, so he taught me a ton. Most of what I learned until I became a professional programmer came from him. Um, and a lot of his habits to me, I think I took on, even though he's a very different personality for me. He's He's very... Uh, he hates working on teams. He's like like lone wolf. He's very like, lone wolf. Very like yeah. Um, and I, I sort of the opposite. I like love working on a team. Love seeing groups of people come together and, and achieve 
huge things because there are so many of them. Um, so yeah, he was a very big influence uh, on me. Um, I think other influences on me have been people I've never met and probably don't even know that I'm influenced by them. I just watch them on, on places like Twitter mm-hmm. uh, or I read books about them or that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that's probably something missing from my work life is that I never have had the opportunity to have like a very... Like, someone who's more experienced than me who has the time... Uh, to share to share the, and to, to, to mentor I think it's very rare honestly most people don't get this um, yeah there are definitely people around me here that I learn from a lot but I wouldn't say they're necessarily a mentor it's more like mutual uh, mutually beneficial oh there's a lot of that yeah, for yeah. sure yeah but there are people here way more experienced than me that I learn from just by being around um but I wouldn't say it's like an official mentorship. It's just mentorship, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so uh, you seem to be like a big book guy, like lover. So can you say like what was what, what's your like favorite like technical and non-technical book, and maybe like the last technical and non-technical book that you read? Yeah. Um, I haven't been reading a lot of technical books lately. Technical books. For me, and I think a lot of people come in waves, uh, I think the last wave for me was when I first started working here, I didn't know Rails at all. So I read like a bunch of Rails books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I remember was the Rails way, or the Rails 4 way, I think it was specifically. Um, yeah, I think they have this book as well, and yeah. I think they have it in the library. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably the last time I read like Specifically technical, technical books. Okay. Um, I learn much better by doing. I'm very much that kind of person. I'd rather read like the first ten percent of a tutorial and then be like, ah, I got it, and then you know go hack it out and then go, oh no, I don't actually have it. Go back to the tutorial, read another ten percent, and then go, oh, okay, I got it. And then so, so there maybe like videos like for the technical part work better for you. Yeah, I don't, I'm not huge on, on videos either. Um, I watch some of the Egghead videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are pretty good. In particular, uh, the one where Dan Abramoff creates Redux with you. That that was huge. Yeah. I learned... I think that's my favorite React-related yeah. series of videos yeah. out there. They're so dense. Like, yeah. I have to rewatch sections of them. Yeah. And I'm just like, what did you just do there? And you, you learn a ton. Those yeah. are those are amazing. Yes, he's. He, I I I'm like hundred percent agree with this. Yeah. Like all his videos are very dense with information. Yeah. It's, it's Actually, crazy. now that I'm talking about it, I think the thing I have been doing lately and, and have been doing for a while now yeah. is uh, I watch people code. You can do this now on on like number uh, of services. Yeah, yeah. YouTube and, and yeah. Twitch and whatever. You can watch people code, and it's like you wouldn't think that would be fun. But man, it it's so interesting. Any really. any people in particular who you like? Um, I'm not remembering his name right now, but he's a game programmer, and for a while he was making his own uh, programming language. Um, um, God, I'm trying to remember the name of the games he made. We we can find it later. Yeah, we'll find them later. Yeah. But anyway, he he's making his own programming language, and he he live streamed the entire process for making his own programming language. 
It was fascinating. Uh, I hear the loudest clicky keyboard I'd ever heard, so you can hear it throughout the, <laughs> the videos. I guess maybe um, it's not the loudest keyboard, maybe it's just like the mic was too close. To oh yeah, I'm sure it was, but it was very yeah. funny. Uh, but anyway, that was, those are absolutely fascinating. Um, uh, I read a lot of John Carmack's code because so much of it has been open source over time. I'm such a big fan of John Carmack's oh, work. I still go back and read some of his plan files uh, where he, he goes into sort of decisions he's thinking through at the moment and then he'll go back and be like, so I decided you know, this and this is why. And then you can see the code now. Uh, it's just beautiful. Um, Somebody said that like the Quake 3 is like their the most well-written, well-documented code base out here. Yeah. Even down to like the, the file structures that they pick, and which which is what made them so hackable back when I was in middle school. I didn't realize this at the time, but you could just you know unzip a WAD file and, and there you go. You you have all the files and, and uh, everything you need to, to get this working. I wish that's something to aspire to. It's like making something so complex but yet so simple that a middle schooler can change it and make it their own. That's I think so yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a big success. Yeah. And plus, see, it brought you here. This is true, right? Uh, I still aspire to be John Carmack, yeah. right? He's... Uh, so, non-technical books, to get back to your question. Yeah. Um, right now I'm reading uh, a book called... Um, uh, God, it's a very simple word, and I can't remember what it's called. Influence, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll pull it up while we're here. Um, but it's basically a book about all the tricks and ways that yeah it's called influence the psychology of persuasion uh i think it's but like it was named the best sale not sale book yeah ever it was actually recommended to me by brandon uh which is why i started reading it uh it's it's interesting i agree and disagree with it a lot I think I think that was my most feeling. I was just like, it's like, no, that's not how it works. Oh, okay, yes, the, the, it just this like back and forth. Yeah, and a lot of things. It was it was very emotional reading. Yeah. Um, but I'm also I always read a nonfiction book and a fiction book at the same time. Uh, so that's my nonfiction book is is influence. Uh, I'm also my fiction book right now is everything is illuminated, mm-hmm. which. Uh, it's uh, very well known. Everyone loves it. I've never read it, so I feel... I, I never read it, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I forget their name now. Uh, we begin, we can to look it up. They, yeah. they made a movie about uh, mm-hmm. based on the book, actually. Um, that's pretty fun. It's, it's interesting because it's like three or four stories in one about the author, but clearly not actually about the author... Uh, some of some of the book is told by uh, this kid from Russia whose his translations of English are very poor, so you have to like try to understand what he's saying. And sometimes it's really funny, sometimes it's really sad. Sometimes you think they're being funny, it turns out no, that's actually really sad. He just mistranslated it. Uh, it's a really good book so far. Now I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what's your favorite uh, non-technical, like fiction, non-fiction books? Ever? Yeah. Oof. So do you can say okay, like that's like. That's pretty I, hard. Like, yeah. I can say like anyone read this. Um, I still think one of my favorite fiction books ever, uh, because it 
made me for a while want to be a writer is East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Okay. Um, it actually takes place, place in Salinas Valley, which is just south of here, maybe maybe an hour or some south, hour or two south. Okay. Um, I read them in uh, maybe freshman year of high school, somewhere around there. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful book, and very sad. Most most of his books are sad. Um, it's probably not the best book I've ever read, but it's so influential that's probably my favorite fiction book. Um, favorite non-fiction book? I think it's pretty common in tech. Uh, it's Sapiens. <laughs> Which, I'm, I'm almost tired of people saying it, but it doesn't matter. It's so good. I, I reread it all the time. Uh, not all the time. I reread it more than almost any other book. Um, Another book that I reread a lot is Masters of Doom, which is about the creators of Doom, John Carmack and, and John Romero and those those people. And that book is very. I never read that, and uh, I guess like that's I definitely like myself need to put this on the list because. Oh, it's so good. Everything that I read about them so far and like the interviews, yeah, like, and the, the stuff that John writes, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. what inspired me to start my own game company with my friends. Was was reading that book. I was like, oh my god, they're so young and stupid, they did it, how come I can't do it? <laughs> yeah. They have this thing in the book where they get pizza money from their, uh, the person who pays them. Because like, at first it's just like, you know, 20 bucks every week or whatever, and they, and they had this thing where they're like, ah, oh, pizza money. Uh, and they keep releasing games, and they kept saying, ah, oh, pizza money, every time they would get a check in the mail from, this, from their publisher or whoever. And slowly the pizza money starts turning into like $40,000 checks, $100,000 checks. And they'd be like, ah, pizza money? <laughs> and then of course they became yeah. massively rich over yeah. time, but uh, that's definitely worth reading that book. So, um, to kind of switch gears maybe a little bit. So, uh, you mentioned that like you're using Reminder, um, and uh, I think we have uh, some time left. So, um, you, you mentioned using Reminder like as your like main driver for like just your checkboxes. What are the tools you're using like every day? Like post uh, like software, but like maybe not software. Hmm. Like you're using your iPhone, right? <laughs> yeah, of course I use my iPhone a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see. I use Headspace. Uh, I try to use it every morning, which is a meditation app. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a pretty big fan of that. Um, I think increasingly as uh, our mind is our most important tool and, and uh, as, as our economy becomes more and more uh, based on jobs that require deeper and deeper thought as we automate more and more, mm -hmm. I think our mind and our emotional state will matter more and more. So things like uh, Headspace will start to matter more and more. For me, it's really, really nice. I feel like I come into work every day. I work out every morning, and then I do meditation afterwards. I feel like by the time I get into work, I'm like ready to go, you know? Uh, so yeah, Mindspace is, is, or Headspace is really good. Um, I use uh, the Apple, Apple Health Kit stuff quite a bit mm -hmm. um, to track a lot. I track like everything. I track my sleep patterns, my weight, my blood pressure, my... Uh, eating habits, I track everything. 
I find that my my mental state is very much it's pretty obvious once you hear it, but I didn't know this at the time. My mental state is very much connected to my physical state. So if I keep my physical state good, stable and good, yeah, I'm like happier. I work faster. Everything else is better. Um, some other tools I use. Uh, I use VS Code, as you know, I love it. Uh, yeah, not I'm really a big fan of it. Yeah. I use iTerm2 for my terminal. I think a lot of people use that. Um, I use Fish for my shell. Most people don't use that. Most people use something like Z Shell. Or yeah, I, I gave up on Fish a few months ago and switched back to Z Shell. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so what's, what's your killer feature for Fish? Um, honestly, probably Z Shell does it. I've just never used Z Shell. But mm -hmm. my killer features are. Uh, autocomplete, um, and there are all these like um, sort of settings that you can set. <clears throat> so every time I open up my fish terminal, it's like all this stuff is already ready to go. Um, that's really it. But I'm sure I'm sure Z Shell does all that stuff too. I just learned about fish first, and I haven't moved off. Okay. Um, Let's see, other tools we use. I use the Chrome developer tools like crazy. Anyone who does any amount of front end should know how they work deeply because they did this so much. And they add into it like all the time. It's like such a life. Yeah. Evolving thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like there are other tools I use, I just can't think of what they are. Uh, I use Inbox for my email. Me too. And not a lot of people actually doing it here. And it's yeah. like most of the people using Gmail, like playing, playing Gmail. It took me a while to switch over, but once I, now that I'm here, I never want to go back. The only problem is you can't mark a message as unread. That's very annoying. You have to mark it as remind me later. I'm like, oh god. Uh, yeah, if you could add AI or machine learning to that, or like I open it and I take no action, but it knows it's important, then it could just remind me itself. That would be great, because I don't want to have to set a reminder. That's so annoying. I pin the, the stuff in there. If it's important, I just pin the things in the inbox. And uh, since it's so annoying, and it's like I could buy so much space, I'm, I'm, get, I'm, I'm seeing it right like right away, and I will unpin it as soon as possible. Yeah. So pins for me were like this, like the thing to, to help. Mm. And um, and basically just like archiving as much as possible, like in, in inbox actually helps a lot. Just to keep it clean and tidy. Yeah. Um. So, um, what's the best advice that you ever get in your life that you think is just oh okay this is like so good. Mm. You want to share it? Mm. That's a tough one. I think. Um, Different variations of, of this I've heard throughout my life, but people always say to productize yourself, which means many things, but it's turned out to work out wonderfully for me. I've, I've, I feel like people who work with me, they know who I am, they know what I'm good at, they know what to ask me for, um, and if I, ever, every, if I ever leave here or places I've left before, mm -hmm. people remember me and uh, will reference me. Like they'll reach out to me. They want me to do what I've done. Mm -hmm. 
And how would you do it, like, generally speaking? Yeah, so I think a big part of it is um, treating your time uh, as if it matters most. I'm trying to figure out another way to say this. I think people often treat themselves as like a worker, as like a like a worker ant or something. Yeah. It's like here is task, go do task. When task done, come back. Yeah. That like sometimes you have to do that kind of stuff, and that's okay. But that should not be what you're doing with the majority of your life. It should be uh, you do what you choose to do, and it is the best thing to be done with your skills in the organization or household or whatever that you're in um, because that's what you're best at that's what you're known for uh, and everyone trusts you to do it um, and you don't do things that aren't a good use of you and your time um, I think that's huge especially as an engineer everybody wants your time everybody wants your skills so it becomes very important that you uh, choose wisely and that you are in control of you how would you as a junior like engineer for instance would go that way how how, how you will get to the point when you can actually do that yeah in some ways it's, it's uh, getting leverage uh, it's a form of power in a way so the first thing you want to do is get good enough to where multiple people so you can choose where you want to work in many mm-hmm. ways to do that uh, I think there's only one way to get there and it's just to work your ass off Yeah. work very very hard to become the best at something um, it has to be something specific though I think people try to get good at six things and they end up being mediocre at none of them mm-hmm. um, so I think pick something that you love that when you work on it it doesn't feel like work it feels like play and just work really really hard uh, I think people often give the opposite advice uh, and it It's not going to work out if your goal is to become someone with a lot of leverage and choice in your work. If you want to get leverage in your work life, in your career, then you need to work really, really hard and be the best that you can be. Um, sometimes that'll mean competing with yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially the more specific your role, the less likely there's going to be anyone else around you who does what you do. You're not really competing with anybody. Then you need to compete with yourself. You should always really be competing with yourself anyway, so, um, yeah. If you're a junior developer, just work really hard. Because one that's best for you, that's going to pay you off over and over again for the rest of your life. But it's also going to make everyone around you love you because, <laughs> holy crap, look at all the work you do. Look how strong your trajectory towards becoming senior is. Um, yeah. Okay. Um... I guess the last thing, like the last topic, is like, what do you do for fun? What, like, what's, what are your hobbies right now? Yeah. Except video games. Definitely video games, right? That's a big part of it. No, I think since moving to California, one of my favorite things to do is hiking and camping. Uh, which is funny, because growing up in Minnesota, you would think, like, outdoorsy. Uh, no, Minnesota's either really, really, really cold or really, really, really hot. And there's mosquitoes, and it's horrible. So I never really went outside there other than to, like, get to places. Uh, here, the weather's always great, 
and there's so many wonderful places to explore. Um, so I feel like at least twice a month I'm like hiking or camping or both. Uh, it's What's your favorite hike right now? Right now I really like doing um, uh, uh, Mount Diablo uh, in the East Bay. Um, I haven't actually explored outside of the Bay Area at all. There's like all of California still waiting for me. Like I haven't been to Yosemite, I haven't done any of the big national parks. Uh, I didn't do Kings Canyon, that's not true. Kings Canyon is beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm almost like keeping it there knowing like, I don't want to like ruin it, you know. Uh, so I've just been exploring the Bay Area, which alone is just a beautiful place. Uh, but, but right now, Mount Diablo, going from one peak to the other, there's, mm -hmm. uh, there's like, I think it's North Peak and South Peak. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really wonderful. You can see the, the huge amount of the Bay Area from up there on a clear day. Yeah, that's a beautiful hike. Um, so, other than using Headspace and like the workout in the morning, kind of do this preparation for a day, what are the other ways, if, if any, like you have to kind of keep the uh, work-life balance mm -hmm. and kind of stay insane given the amount of work you're doing? Yeah. What's in the... Um. Yeah, work-life balance is interesting. I think people often, when they hear work-life balance, they think, how do you work less? Um, that's never really been a goal of mine. I've never wanted to work less. I like to work. Um, I think if your goal is to work less, probably don't take my advice. <laughs> but to keep a, to keep to stay sane, yeah. but still work at the level I try to work at, um, that's a big reason why I focus on, on uh, working out and doing meditation. But... Uh, even simple, like I walk to work, to mm -hmm. me that's huge, like in Minnesota I would drive to work and the commute even there, which is not nearly as bad as I probably is here, was horrible. It could, it could put you in a really bad mood. Well, how, how much is your commute, by the way? Like if you walk? Here? Yeah. That's a 24-minute walk. Uh, and I walk mostly along the Embarcadera. So I'm getting it's a like, nice walk. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. I get the, the bay air and, and the, the ocean's right there. Uh, I walk with my wife actually, we walk together. She gets on BART and goes to East Bay to work and then mm -hmm. I walk and I come up here. That's amazing. Like, you know, you work out, you meditate, you drink some coffee, you walk to work with your wife. Like, that's that's great. Because even if you very even if I, smooth way to yeah. start a day and like personal. Yeah. Even if I work till midnight after doing that, like I already started my day great at even if I get no personal time at that point. I already got my personal time in the morning, mm -hmm. which is another way of, of sort of uh, putting yourself first is, is important. Um, another big thing is don't work on something or for someone or on anything that you don't actually believe in or care about, especially as an engineer, because we have so much leverage of choice. You can choose to work so many places. Mm -hmm. If you're not good enough to, to choose where you work yet, then... Get, just bust your ass? Just bust your ass until yeah. you get better and until you can choose where you work because it's hugely freeing. Um, you'll be better at your job because you love what you do. You'll work harder because you love what you do. You, uh, I think a lot of people, when they end up in these like quarter or midlife crises is because they've been working on or for things that they don't care anything about. It's just a way to get money. Um, which 
as engineers, we're very uh, privileged to be able to pick what we want to work on. So um, keep in mind that you're privileged and, and take on that, the amount of guilt that you should have for that because not everyone can do this. But definitely take advantage of, of that. Um, don't have regrets about what you've been working on the past X years, especially if you're at sort of what you think is the peak of your life, working life. I think that's huge. Anyone who's worked on a project they don't like, even for you know a week or two, can feel how much worse you are at your job when you don't enjoy it. Yeah, totally. Um, so you know, we covered a number of things. So, like, is there any topics that like uh, you really kind of uh, want to talk about and we didn't touch it? But you would rather do touch it? Mm. Mm. Not really. I'm I'm a pretty big futurist. I, yeah. I like to talk about uh, you know AR and like AI and what happens when our minds get uh, when our minds begin melding with the machine themselves. Like brain computer mm -hmm. interfaces. Really into that. Uh, I love thinking about like what will the world look like in 50 years? Will, like, all diseases be gone? What does that do? Do we live forever in the future? What does that do? Uh, what, how are we going to solve our energy crisis? How? What does that do, you know? How do you think we will solve it, by the way? The energy crisis? Yeah. Uh, definitely not any one way, you know. There are going to be a hundred different ways. Uh, certainly switching to, like, a, de a decentralized clean energy... Uh, probably mostly solar, especially because the price of solar keeps dropping dramatically every single year. Yeah, and much faster than it was predicted, too. Yeah. yeah. It's been amazing to watch. And then the battery technology that enables solar to work is also... The price is dropping precipitously, and the capacity is going up drastically. Uh, is amazing. And then that, you feed into the car industry, and all cars becoming electric, and those batteries getting better, and the electric for the cars coming from solar, makes it entirely clean, other than uh, the production of the car, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a huge part of it. The other part, I'm vegetarian. Mm -hmm. The big reason I'm vegetarian is because uh, one of the biggest emitters of greenhouse gases is uh, stockyards, uh, more than cars. Um, I don't think everyone's going to become vegetarian. I'm not... Uh, I'm more pragmatic than that. I do think... Um, meat will either become grown or it'll be faked so well that no one will care that it's fake did, did you try the impossible burger burger? yeah yeah the impossible I, burger is delicious I, I think it's like that's fantastic development yeah I, um, I I have like very high hopes for this and just make it even a little bit more cheaper than it is right now because it's still yeah, it's a kind of high end uh, yeah. and, but it's uh, within range it's within range Yeah, yeah, it's like you go in, uh, as I learned today, actually, there's like you go into the like normal place, it's like it's $16, even it's not, like it's not above 20 anymore. Yeah. Uh, even here. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and, and like the way how they're producing it and like everything, like telling that um, yeah. it's going to be like very nice meat replacement. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of um, like a, Another food topic is just like they're the insects as the source of their nutritions. I think it's interesting. It's worth looking into. I think 
um, people being people being stuck in their cultural ways is very powerful. Uh, like tech has learned this, the, the what is it the culture beats the pants off of business or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. actually remember the real, the real thing. Yeah. But culture is really important. Yeah. Uh, in the U.S., at the very least, eating and sex is like, like, no, it's never going to happen, right? That's well, we, a big part of we, it. We, we, um, I don't know if you noticed, but we, the number of times we actually have like chips which are made from the flour made of insects for the extra protein. And yes. like, people actually don't really pay See, attention to this. if you do it that way, yeah. uh, that certainly helps, yeah. I could see that working out, but but if you gave people a bag of insects, they could there's no way. Could, yeah. But if you give people a bag of ground up insects and you like fry and batter it and call it something else, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Lend shrimps. Yeah. Five bucks a bag. Yeah. But it's very much an American thing. Like Americans don't like to know what food they're eating. Like, if you look at our, even our, like our lunch meats and things, it's, yeah. like, so removed from the source. Um, if you put, like, a bag of cow hooves into, in, in, on the store shelves, people mm-hmm. would be like, oh, my God, who would eat that? It's like, aren't you eating that every week? <laughs> like, yeah. why does it suddenly gross you out? Yeah. So that kind of stuff I don't think is going to go away. So if, if we're going to start eating insects, it's going to be, uh, they're not going to look like insects. There's no way. Yeah, just the source of... So something yeah yeah cool well thank you Dominic I think it was fantastic cool yeah thanks for having me know your carrots